Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hey friends, if you are looking for ad-free Sense of Soul episodes, you can find them at Sense of Soul Patreon. Become a monthly member at any level. You will also have access to our monthly SOS Sacred Circles, our mini-series, merch, and much more. And it's a great way to help support our podcast so that we can continue to bring you inspiring episodes twice a week with our enlightened guests from all around the world. Check out our Patreon. Today joining me is the highly accomplished, beautiful soul, Michelle Welch. She is a psychic medium, an author, a CEO, and a mother of five. She is also a licensed attorney who employs her intuitive and psychic abilities to high-profile court cases. She is the podcast host of Soul What and also the host of Tarot Takeaways, a Soultopia Instagram series. Michelle also is the founder and the owner of Soultopia, a metaphysical shop with several locations in Texas where you will find innovation, creation, vitality, and joy with many custom creations for mind, body, and spirit, along with classes, intuitive sessions, coaching, and energy healings. But that's not it. Michelle also is an amazing author, and she's here today to share with us her new book, Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, ghosts, and more. And so I'm delighted to have Michelle with us today. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm using all of the tools that I have. (laughs) Well, to be honest. (laughs) Thinking I have the wrong glasses on. (sighs) I am not happy. I can't see. I know. Like, it's like I have worn contacts since I was in fifth grade and glasses. It's like I'm jonesing for my contacts. So I have a daughter. She's in fifth grade. She's an old soul, very old soul. But she is basically blind in one eye. But she refuses to wear her glasses right now because she says people will make fun of her. So the dedication of my first book is to my kids. And it says is to the one bullied for singing sensitive songs, because this is more about impasse, to the one ridiculed for wearing an eye patch, and to the one left out for digging for dinosaurs. So the middle one is my son that lives in Dallas. And he had three things, like a crossed eye, a whatever eye, a whatever eye. And so they patched him. He had to wear like an eye patch. He got ruthlessly ridiculed. So point being, I get it. That is who I dedicate. Those are my kids. How old is she again? Fifth She's grade? in fifth grade. And so when you said that not being able to see makes you unhappy, like every part of my body just reacted to that because I mean, I don't like it either. It does make me unhappy. I'm, I'm sorry for her. Yeah. Read that Magic Cup Connection. Your first book? Yep. Because I'm assuming she's probably empathic too. Like oh, she takes so... everything on and you know, you know that she'll be okay, but our heart breaks for her right now. It really does. She is seeing with her third eye. Yeah, (laughs) right? She's empathic too, so she can feel them making fun of her. And your glasses are cute. Oh, thank you. And I'm so glad I can see you. So when you said that about not being happy about the glasses, I had to tell you that story. I love that, that you just spoke about your kids because I talk a lot about my kids on this podcast because I'm a mom, like when it comes down to it, you know, when I was little and, you know, people say like, what was, what, what's your passion? Like, 
nurturing, caring for and leading in those ways is that's my passion. And so I always thought it was just to be a mom though. I thought that was my purpose. Ooh, mm-hmm. I, was, I can't wait to take care of these children and be the martyr and give them everything and serve my husband. This is going to be great. Right. I was opposite. I oh. was like, I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm not going to have any kids and and, 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 and then I worked for the court of appeal straight out of law school for a year and, you know, got married a week after law school to another lawyer. I've divorced him, but the father of the three. Right. And I don't know why I had that stance, but clearly my, that has changed. I'm a grandmother now. So two of one little cool. wise grandbaby. That's my second book is dedicated to him. So now I'm go-go. Oh, and your second so he, book, I can't wait to hear all about, you know, what's really funny is, I don't know, she may be a spirit guide of mine all of a sudden, because she's popping up every corner I go around. Helena Petrovna Blavatsky. Do you know who she is? I do. Yes. I just recently studying esoteric um, ancient mystery school stuff. And she had wrote a book, Isis Unveiled. Helena did. It was her first book. Yes. And so when I saw your book, Spirits Unveiled, I connected really like strongly with the name because I believe that Helena, she knew things for her time as a woman that women weren't doing that then. And then I connected with you and I saw the strength that you have, so many similarities, because how does a lawyer become an owner of several crystal stores and writes books about magic and spirits and all of these things? Yeah, it's, it's a journey, really. And I, you know, when people use that phrase, it's a journey. It really is. And I was saying, I was saying to the people in the warehouse this morning because I forgot my key. Uh, how organized you are when you have five kids. And, and I, my kids are raised pretty much. So, but doing all the wearing all the hats that we wear, right? All women, I think. I was saying to them that there are just so many different things we can do. And, you know, I I had losing the key, you know, it's just like, we are trying to be so many different things to different people. And I had a counselor that I saw and she was critical. She said, Michelle, why do you think you have to wear so many hats and do so many different things? And, and I said, because I want to. And I can, and that's not something I need to work on. And, and all these years later, I've decided it's not something I need to work on. I need to maybe manage my time a little bit better, but I am actually proud of the journey from lawyer and how I was able to actually bring back that part of me. It never went away, but embrace the part of me that many people want to hide. And I never forgot. So a lot of children will forget or they'll repress or they'll be made to. I was told not to say all the things that I would see and because children don't have a filter. So they say them very, but I still don't have that much of a filter. It's just, I want to make make sure that I'm saying things in a kind way. But if things are coming from the place that I have ethics that I, and spiritual place that I want them to come from, then I really don't need much of a filter. So I'm very glad that I have brought the areas of my life together and that I do wear all the hats. And I've kind of found a way to make that work in my life. This is a huge thing. People say often, you know, we have talk to people that have, you know, quit their six figure job because they're on their journey and they feel like they have to go and do something huge for humanity and not work and stuff like that. 
I think, but more it's people, I think that that's where they're like, I have to choose one or the other. Like, I think it's great to have a balance. That's how I feel. I feel like I can shift myself and I'm not going to go talk to my neighbor next door about the study I did on Baphomet. You know what I mean? I, you know, I have discernment. Yeah. All right. So I think that people do have this misconception that you have to choose one or the other, like the norm or the spiritual. And I had that misconception for a while. I had this whole life and I still sometimes say it. I still sometimes say my old life because it sort of coincided with my divorce, kind of a wake up of a lot of things. And I'll say my old life and now this life. And people are like, what do you mean by that? And I'm just now really coming into, okay, at least this go around this life now. And I really don't have to choose. I don't, I'll have a lot of people come to me because I do live, I live in Dallas and that's not necessarily the Bible belt, but it is. I mean, it is. I mean, I I will not be critical of people's face unless they are harmful to others. And, And so the store embraces everyone. We embrace all face. I've had clients come in and they'll be like, I still want to sing in my church choir. That is my community. Lots of people in their culture, my culture, that is our community or their community. I might not choose to do that or whatever thing it is. It was funny, a a little bit funny when I told my judge friends and some attorney friends and I thought that they would get upset or they would cut me off when I told them about my stores and this is and who I really am. They were like, oh, well, that explains it. I get you. They didn't get upset. And and yeah, some probably did. And that's okay. But you don't have to choose. We're all just working our way through this. And our energy may change or clearly we may shift. And I've shifted in, in what I might believe, what I might do. And that's okay. I think it's, that maybe it goes back to like the witch trials for so long. The biggest part of what I've been going through over this past year is just realizing how we really, truly are just now rising and are able to be like you, Michelle. I mean, I absolutely look up to you being in, you you know, you know, being a business owner, being a lawyer, being a mother, being an author. Well, and I'll tell you, Mm -hmm. I was told, I felt I had to choose between back to that feminist thing. I felt I had to choose between being a mother and being a lawyer. And I lived in conflict for much of my young motherhood, which is really sad. Mm -hmm. I talked to somebody just the other day, she's in this business and publishing and all that kind of stuff. And she's like home with her young baby. And I said, just enjoy them because they, they leave the nest. Right. And she's like, I wish I could more. And I was like, I know. And it's hard to find what you were talking about, that balance. And I think it's so important. And what I would say to young mothers is Whatever situation you have to guide yourself. For me, I needed to work, but yet I was told you need to be home with your children. And Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to to be controversial here. I'm just trying to empower women that find what works for you because it might not be healthy for you to be at home all the 24 7, seven days a week, 365. I needed to work. But the time when I kind of bought into all that, because I felt like I wasn't being a good mother if I didn't. And maybe moms don't struggle with that these days. Maybe they don't. I think they do. I mean, I definitely have very similar story. I mean, I just, like I said, I had these conditioned thoughts of what a mother was supposed to be like. And I literally lost my shit 
trying to be the mother that I thought I was supposed to be. Being a mother has many layers to it too. And we can show our, our sons and our daughters that there's many layers to being a parent. And I think that's healthy and it's different for every person. And we don't have to be told that it's one way or the other. And this is the best way to be in anything. So in any way we live and however we practice our spirituality, our beingness, I think it applies to everything. But I will say that was the time I most pushed down my, and I do use the word psychic because it's very similar to faith. I mean, it's just believing in something unseen, but I see it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and I did push that down for the, some of the same reasons. So, yeah. you know, it's a lot of times we're just told not to be ourselves and right. we believe it and we buy into that BS and we should be able to be ourselves to the extent we want to be. Right. So what kind of lawyer, I mean, well, I'm sure you've played, you know, many roles in, in being mm-hmm. that, but what was your favorite or what, what's your vibe? I'm such a true crime junkie at heart. So I did like all the criminal, and I have. I've been in every, I would say most every area except for judge, which is really what I wanted to do. And I might still run, who knows? And so I would say my favorite area, I did prefer criminal over civil. I did civil for the latter half. My husband and I owned a law firm. Interesting had three locations and I have three locations now of my Soltopia store. But yeah, my favorite would probably be the criminal. It's very interesting because at that time, and this will just show you how old I am, to advertise as a lawyer, I had learned in law school because I was a litigator primarily. So there's the transactional side once you get into civil and there's the litigator side. So you're in court. Mm -hmm. And I do love picking a jury. I love being in court, but I always got nervous. Uh, if you watch, I think Matthew McConaughey, who I interviewed on my podcast, they say in that book, Scott Grisham, I believe says, you know, if you don't throw up before you try a case, then you're, you should quit practicing law, something like that. And I was wow. told that in law school too. And my daughter's at the same law school I was at and, oh. and she's about to graduate and she's so much better than me. I have to brag. She just wow. like made it to the finals of this big, big thing. And she's very, very, very good. So what is my favorite thing? Uh, probably the criminal side. Yeah. yeah. The gifts that you have that you're born with. I mean, they play a part in how successful you would be as a lawyer or with any cases. I think your gifts always play a part, whether you recognize it or not, and whether you give it the credit or not. And I have said on other shows that I thought I was the shit. I thought I was was so great when you're 20. I graduated from law school at like 24. And I think I was trying cases every day at 25 at the Dallas DA's office. And so by the third day, it may be the second day of working there. Pick me. I want to go into jury trials. So I was doing them. But you know, you just at that age, no offense to all the people Mm -hmm. that age, including my daughter, but you don't know it all. And I don't know it all. The older you get, what do you say? The more you don't know. So the point of that is I really just, yes, it played a part, but I thought it was all me. And I thought I was just so smart and it was just, oh man, I'm so great at picking juries and doing all this. But I definitely had help. When did you figure out that, that maybe that was the case? Well, and you know, looking back, I mean, I've had these gifts. I never forgot that I had the gifts, like, like I said earlier, but is when I had that, let's call it awakening. Cause it really yeah. was, that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like an awakening when I just woke up one day. And that was probably about when I started giving credit again, was probably about 15, 20 years ago. Did you go through a lot of struggle to get to that awakening? Yes. 
a lot of struggle, a lot of struggle. I mentioned it. It's all through Spirits Unveiled. It's sprinkled. I'm Mm -hmm. fairly vulnerable in Spirits Unveiled. If you read the gratitude, which is typically called the acknowledgement section, there is a portion where I, I name my doctor because I did go into the hospital at one point. Well, that's stuff we were talking about earlier. I just lost it at one point. And it wasn't because of, maybe it was, I was going to say maybe it wasn't because of my psychic knowingness or anything, but the doctor fortunately acknowledged that. So yeah, I mean, it was because of a lot of things in my life. Back to children. It's very important for those who have children to know and acknowledge and recognize if people will say everybody has gifts. Okay. But let's use children. So one can hop on a skateboard and ride ride it really well. And one has to really practice. So Mm -hmm. that one who just hops on and you know, they Mm -hmm. are seeing spirits. They're talking to you. They're telling you they're seeing it, having, remembering past lives. If the parent is not prepared to acknowledge that and talk to them about that, that child is going to have some struggles because they're not being guided at all. And I was not guided and my parents were wonderful parents, but I was told to not talk about it. And I got in trouble and I got grounded and sent to remember. Sounds like me too, same. And, you know, I don't know if you grew up this way, but what else came with that was you don't tell people our business. You don't tell people your weaknesses, the vulnerability thing. And Mandy and I always talk about this because she grew up here in Colorado and vulnerability. She looks at it as a strength. Me, I grew up, "Mm -mm, we don't talk about those things. Mm -mm." Vulnerability was such a freedom for me. I feel like I've been very successful with it, obviously, with even a podcast. But yeah, that wasn't something that was taught to me growing up. Mm -mm. Same. And I will say that I do think there are those that will take advantage of you being vulnerable at times. Not you, but the collective we of vulnerability. But that's okay. That just shows you where they stand. And that's all right. When you show people who you really are and you're vulnerable with them, they'll either connect with you and go, wow, we have so much in common, you know, or they can use some of that against you. And there's fodder in my books to use potentially, and or maybe I'm just still feeling that way of the way I was raised. I was also raised to not say anything about your accomplishments because that was bragging and mm-hmm. that's not something you do. And so you don't talk about your accomplishments, all those things, those conditionings that we get, wherever those conditioned beliefs or conditioned manners or our social mores come from, it's hard to reshape our beingness, right? It's hard. I mean, they stay with us for a long time. Right. If ancestry is one of the things that I do that I work with is ancestry, huge part of my journey. And then once I was done with my own journey with that. I started to do it with other people. I mean, our ancestors are literally playing out in our lives all the time. What are the things that they went through? And then you start to realize, oh my gosh, I wonder if that's why I, yeah, it is why you do. (laughs) And so it's such a powerful healing. It's timeless, that past, present, and future healing. But just like even bringing these things to the forefront, things that we were never even aware of where they came from, why we do the things we do, or maybe we don't even realize we do them. I think also the discernment, we're not taught to trust ourselves either. Women, especially, they're so intuitive. Nobody knows best than a mama when it comes to their children, yet we're reading books that men wrote about our children. No one knows better than the mother. And so what's interesting though, if you have 
that knowledge, then I think that it's easier to trust yourself when it comes to the nudges or the, you know, the signs that you see, the synchronicities that you experience, trusting that gut feeling. Right. And I think that there are so much more avenues to get healthy with that these days than maybe there were. And if people will, you know, take advantage of those and it does make maybe things a little bit easier, depending on the circumstances you come from. For me, I love my parents. I love them. I am sad if they don't agree with everything I'm doing, but I, I have to play out my part of my purpose and why I think I'm here. And at some point I just had to do that. And I think that's what everybody should do. And not everybody's going to agree with the choices you make in your life. And as far as for me, from that child who would blurt things out, yeah, you do learn a little more discernment as you're older of how to say things. You don't just walk up to somebody and ethically, I don't think you should, you know, walk up to somebody and tell them, may I give you a a message? I think you have worms in your head. And that's what I said to my (laughs) uncle. I was like, why do you have worms in your head? And had a brain tumors my head worms in his oh, head wow. and yeah he did and he was diagnosed a month later but he he did pass from it and so why does a child you know but children do they'll walk right oh. up and go what's that on your face well it's acne I'm sorry I've got it right here you know and so uh, but we'll say anything you know? and it's so delightful that children do that but when you yeah. see angels or see aliens or ghosts in your room or beings of whatever kind it's difficult Mm-hmm. You know, as you get older, you start looking for some sort of like proof or reason, right? And you stop trusting um, yourself and, and that discernment that tells you, hmm, what was that? The other yeah. day, and there was this strumming of the ukulele in my living room and me and my 10 year old were sitting there. And I said, did you hear that? And then I look at the ukulele and it's vibrating mm-hmm. and it was feet away from us. And so I was like, that's interesting. And Kensley's like, well, what would make it do that? And I was like, well, it is Papa Mike's birthday. And he did play. I mean, I even have his ukulele. I mean, I don't know. Like when you're sitting there thinking about that, what more would make sense that that absolutely was him? (laughs) Right. And and if I may, so I think that you discern that your daughter, I'm sure did too, and put it together once you told her he played the ukulele. And so... But one of the things I recommend, and I tried this with a group that I spoke with about, I don't know, a month ago in Plano, in Collin County, and they really liked it. So it's a fun exercise anyway, and Spirits Unveiled, you do a blueprint or plan with whomever, your best friend. There were people that just met. They didn't come into the speech with someone, so I, I had them pair up. So there were people who didn't even know each other. But you do this with people like that your loved ones, your spouse, your parents, whomever you want to do it. And it's basically, it's stuff that you would do with a psychologist, maybe before you get married or in marriage therapy or friend therapy, whatever it is, partner therapy. And you ask questions. What if, if you were to go to a different frequency or pass or whatever you want to call it for my husband, his name's Roger. I might say, so Roger, what song would you play? Because we communicate so much through music, right? And he said, Slim Shady. What he, I was like, really? I mean, seriously? Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm totally serious. That's what uh-huh. that's what I would play because it would get your attention and you'd know it was me. I was like, yes. And I was like, well, I 
do the always and forever song because that was always and he's mm-hmm. like well that's because you like that song but I this is what I like and I was like okay and so but you go through your song your favorite scent yeah. mine's copper tone I mean okay. you know like so and you go through this exercise and I had actually a friend of mine and I have permission to say this and her mother just passed two days ago she had Alzheimer's so mm-hmm. before she passed she called me and she said you know she's getting very agitated so she said what should I do? And I said, well, you keep telling her how she should believe. And they think of it as heaven and hell. If if that's what you think of, that's fine from her perspective. So, and I said, well, you keep telling her. Uh, So, wow. Okay. So what happened is her, she said to, uh, it's kind of jarred me a little bit. Uh, So she said, feeling like her mom's come through. So she said that, your dad's going to be there for her. He's going to be waiting. And that's what a lot of people do. It's okay to let go. Yeah. Why don't you try this exercise? Because she would get agitated about it. Uh, and she that means she has questions. And you're telling her what to expect. What to do. Okay. Yeah. So she's like, Michelle, she's, she's not going to be able to connect to that. Because she's, she's not that lucid. When my friend started asking the questions, she said she became lucid. She was laughing. She oh got in a good way, emotional, because they were all the questions, you know, where do you think y'all would meet? It's not the cemetery always. Okay. It might be the park where you met or the park where you always walked your dogs, you know? And so, and so she became very lucid. And, but I will say the way that just happened is the way people come through to me. I'm going to tell you what happens for my mediumship, even for criminal cases. So what happens is I will be talking to someone like we are right now. Mm-hmm. And it's usually not just, okay, I'm going to connect with so-and-so's loved one. That I can do that, mm-hmm. but I might just intuitively connect. They might not always come through to me like I'm connecting to someone, her mother, let's say that, okay, some or my grandmother. I might just be intuitively getting some messages. Another way that I will always tell someone, you know, I don't think I'm really getting a message from them or about them. I think I'm reading you and what you think about your loved ones. So that's just an intuitive message. There's a difference. So lots of mediums do that. Yes. Yeah. So I'm very honest about, are they coming through to me? So there's a difference and there's like three kinds of ways. So what happens with me a lot is I will have a criminal case, the ones that it's in my book, the person came to me and she was reading about something completely different. And all of a sudden I just said, you know, when you're sitting in class when you were younger and somebody would raise their hand and they'd be like, pick me, 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 pick me. I want to answer questions. I want to, that's what it feels like. And so someone is trying to get my attention. And I said this to the client. She said, well, what do they want to say? So I described this person whom this was not on the news yet. This was, I don't even watch the news intentionally. Yeah. I don't know how to turn on my TV to watch the news. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. So I don't even know how. So she said, keep going, please. I said, well, okay, I can't help it. I mean, it's just, it's, she's adamant that I tell you that she does not want to be found right now. Wow. This is in my book. She uh, started getting a little shaky and she said, you know about the missing person in Plano, right? And I said, no. And she said, well, I know her family and we're, I'm on, I'm helping search for her. And so turns out it was a big case. I, I knew the players involved. I knew the prosecutor. I knew, so I did not want to be subpoenaed or anything, but I did. I told them that uh, the body was 
not going to be found for a while. She did not want to be found. I'll tell you why she didn't want to be found. She didn't want to be found because her family had come together and her family uh, to look for her. And a lot of these friends and friends, so you had a very different perspective. And yes, yes, she was killed. And they did find her farther north than where they were looking. You can read the book. I I didn't give salacious details because I don't like doing that. But, and just so you know, if, if somebody's really working on a case, they'll be very hesitant to talk about any details. So it is in the book, but my point of bringing it up is that she came to me for reading, not about that at all. Mm. It was about uh, her two siblings, like, or our best friend and I was sibling. I can't even remember. I see what you're saying. And another case, same way, caseworker on a case that ha- broke the next day came to me at my office, one at this store for a love reading. She pre-scheduled it. And then I started reading about this circular thing. There's a bot. I don't know. It's like a body. What's going on? And she almost ran out of the room. So it, it just comes because I don't think it's always about the messenger. I think it's about, it's not about me. It's about the fact that maybe they trust the one I'm reading for. It's not that they so much, oh, Michelle, she's a medium. Who cares? It's about the other people. It's about their connection. It's not that I am so great. It's that this person can be trusted with the information and they happen to be sitting in front of me and it's not an accident. And it's about that relationship. And so when that happened just a little while ago, it it makes me pause. So that's how the mediumship happens. And I would always encourage people to be very careful with who you go to as a medium. Well, I find that this, I mean, just like listening to you tell those stories, it's interesting that maybe they might not go to this other medium that maybe not know about the criminal law. I think it's very interesting that you were receiving things that kind of are in your field here on earth. Maybe. I hadn't thought about that. Maybe. I, I receive a lot of other messages that are in the book. And But you know, now that I think about it, sure, some just, of them died by suicide and I tell them that it's not the way it happened. That's one of my good friends and, and her stories in the book. And that's how I met her. She came to me and I said, you're going to find out that's not how it happened. Yes, he died by suicide, but it was not what you've been told. And she was like, I don't think you're right. And I said, well, in in about six weeks, when you get that autopsy and you get that police report, which you will get, it came to her, not to her mother, just for different various reasons. Her mother didn't want to look at it and you will have it confirmed. And again, yes, it, wasn't a crime, but you know, the police are involved in that. So good point. I hadn't thought about that. Well, and you know, and I, cause I've also heard many doctors, we've talked to many doctors and stuff who they're dealing with, maybe I'm feeling like someone's sick or cancer or seeing auras around, you know, their, the body It's more about the body. They're not talking about mm-hmm. crimes and deaths and, and looking for people. So it's so amazing. I think that human beings are so amazing because we are so multidimensional yeah. and it's all purposeful. Right. And so you look, you see how all those hats yeah. come together for a reason, all the yeah. things you're doing. And maybe sometimes you think you're out of purpose. So yeah. for all the people that come to me for a reading or come to all the other wonderful readers that there are, um, they, or even if they don't, if you're sitting at home listening to this podcast and you're like, 
I just don't feel like I have a purpose. A lot of people ask that question. You do. And you are in your purpose moment by moment, moment by moment, minute by minute, even, and I have had and struggled with whatever terminology you want to use is correct Mm -hmm. at the moment. Depression. Okay. I don't care what words you want to use. When you have depression, you, you have depression. You cannot put your feet on the floor. You're that depressed. I have had that kind. I know how it feels. And if you feel that way, and then you feel like I just don't even have purpose, you do. Even that, I don't want to say that it's, you need to feel that way. I'm just mm-hmm. going to say, I've been there. And even in that moment, even though you will not feel as purposeful and you might not see it for another 30 years, as I say in my book, I talk about mine, you do have purpose and you are living it in that moment, even though I know it is hard to know that you are. Are we really alone in those moments when we feel so alone? Or do you feel like we have support from the other side? And and if you feel that we do, what does that support look like? I mean, many people talk about Maybe everyone has their own spiritual guide or, you know, that's just designated to them. Some people believe that, you know, some people believe archangels. I believe angels are aliens. So <laughs> I do too. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, um, I say that in my book. So, so yeah. I don't think anyone is alone because I believe we're all one, but it mm-hmm. can feel like you're alone. So to answer your question, I think it comes from your experiential filters. They're going to meet you where you are. So mm-hmm. I, at one point, I believed in angels in the way they were taught to me. Mm-hmm. Now I believe in angels as more a, maybe a hybrid of what I was taught and sometimes aliens and I see them in different ways. Talk about both in the book. But I do not believe you're alone. But I feel like you will sometimes feel like you're alone or no one understands. If we can learn those subtle messages and how we receive encouragement before we get to that point or when we're in a good place, at which I talk about in the book, and I keep saying it, not just to be promoting it. It's just, I mean it because I've been there. Then you won't feel so alone. So when I was in that hospital, I walked in and a lady walked up to me and she said, I'm your angel. And I said, how, here we go. I mean, I'm going to tell you about it. I wasn't nice. I wasn't in the mood. I was like, whatever, get away from me. I really, I was not in a good place. I was like, just, you need your meds or whatever. And so I didn't say that's what I was thinking. So I didn't really see her again, but, and I wanted to just sleep. Finally, they drag you out, you know, go to group session or something. I'm like, okay, here we go again. I'm out in this group session and I saw things in threes and I saw like this little squirrel and I'd go out for three times a day. They drag me out of bed and I'd see this little squirrels playing. And that was the way these angels were communicating to me. Mm -hmm. And I know that now they were there for me. And later always thought about her. And when I would tell this story, I don't know if she was an angel or she was a human or she's just supposed to tell me that. But I think if we can get our signs, our tells of what things are and what they mean to us, the same as when we're talking to that part of that exercise I said before, and know like when we hear a certain song, this means our whatevers, our guides, our, our higher self, or our loved one, our 
with us and sending a message to us than our ancestor or whatever it is, our animals, then when we are in, and I'm going to talk about a place of being low, we're going to know and we're going to notice, or we're in a place of really, oh, wow, I'm just, everything's going right in my world. Well, they don't necessarily want you to, I, I believe in honor uh, and, and I believe in appreciation, not necessarily worship, but then you, we can do that too, because we'll be able to acknowledge them. That's a long answer oh, to your question. No, I, I love it. You know, you're right. And I also was thinking I mean, when you're depressed, you're really in your head, right? And so you're not being present. So when you finally got out of that, when you're finally stepping out of the depression, you become aware again, but, and, and just even when you're doing well, and sometimes we're just too busy, right? And we're not present. We're just on the fast yeah. track. I mean, I live on that fast track sometimes, but when you are present, you, there's so many signs. And I mean, that's been my whole entire life, you know, leaning into those signs and synchronicities and following them and trusting them and seeking seeking yeah. like, why is this why does this keep coming to me I mean there's always something very divine there's a lesson or there's a gift and I just heard recently from just this random YouTube or something I was listening to but the guy said life is about finding your gift and when you do giving it away my question to you is is that your hope with with writing you know both of your books um is to share that gift to help other people for sure definitely I didn't have a goal in life to write books. I love to read books. I love to read books. And so, yes, I, I I wanted to, and I'll, and I'll also be honest to, to debunk some of the things, because I read so much, I will read 30 books on a subject that say the same thing over and over. And if I think, okay, no, Mm -hmm. maybe they all believe that, but that's not been my experience. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to attack them, but I'm also going to say, okay, you know, let's go a step beyond. Maybe it's a new day. Maybe maybe it's time to think of this in this way. Just consider this in my book. You do. It's the same as spirit guides. You don't have to agree with me. I'm only here to guide you to say, I mean, not guide you. I don't even mean it that way. Although I do believe spirit guides can be alive and walking. They don't have to be. We're spirits. Okay, so we're all spiritual beings. Okay. That's one area that my book differs than other books. Yeah. And so you can call it a mentor if you want, but it may be a spirit guide. All we're doing is bumper paths to keep people on their whatever it is. And ascended masters may be a more specific goal. Is it my goal to to share what I know? I don't think I know everything. I just want to process it with the reader and say, I invite you to consider this. I invite you. This has been my experience. Yours might not be like this. And I'm not saying I'm right. And if I ever say to you, you better listen to me and not listen to somebody else, run from me or any teacher that says that and run from any guide that says that too. That's a red flag, right? So, but yeah, that turned out that there were just some things I had to say and I'm very hard on myself. I'm like, oh, you know, this is not good. And, you know, like, and I just say for people who want to write and you have something to say, just do it. Mm -hmm. I feel like you would be the perfect person for me to ask this question. And I know our listeners have heard a bit of this recently with prior guests. So some believe that they are channeling or they channel spirits. Mm -hmm. I've talked to people who I highly respect. I really do. Mm -hmm. And they absolutely 
have tapped into very divine information. Right. However, they do not consider this a channeling and they do know that channeling exists, but that it could be dangerous and that people have no idea what they're channeling. And so how do you feel about channeling? So when they tap into them, what are they saying that they're doing then? Basically, they're tapping into like the information that is being stored within the field. Okay. I would agree with that. So my first book, The Universal Consciousness, The All. I would say my higher self potentially, Mm -hmm. which is connected to the field, which source, if you want to say that, which is connected to all. So that's where, so I would agree, I think. So I'll speak for what I believe instead of saying, do I agree with them or not agree with them? No, I, I don't channel any specific entity that I can say I channel. You know, I think that word's used loosely. Yeah, I think that that's what I do in my books. So I say what my experience is. So, mm-hmm. and I get a little perturbed by some of them. I will say by some of the books that talk about impasse and they say, oh, I mean, I impasse coming to my store. Like I'm an empath. I can't, I'm an empath. I can't, I'm an empath. I can't do this. I can't do that. I oh, can't yeah. go in. And, and I'm, and I'm not talking COVID. I'm talking yeah. Like emotionally, I can't go to that concert because the energy of everyone else. And I'm like, okay, let's take it to the next step. Let's see, like if this black tourmaline that I'm holding can transmute, uh, it can absorb negativity, which we tell people, because that's what everyone says about black tourmaline. And I believe it can, because it's, I, I believe in the work of crystals. If it can transmute, uh, negativity, if it can absorb it, transmutes the key work because that's the alchemy. It's not even mm. transform. It right. transmutes it because energy never goes away. It just right. changes form. So how are we going to change the form of what's going on with this? I'm not saying it's all our fault because that's some other people who channeled a certain right. energy. They've done a lot of damage. Okay. They said you're responsible for everything in your life because you've attracted it to you every single thing in your life. Okay. I I mean, I could quote it, but you can read on my Facebook because I've been saying BS spiritual myth busters and (laughs) I called out the names online. (laughs) And so, and they are big names and people regurgitate that stuff over and over and over and over and over. And they, and it is spiritually abusive in my opinion. I do think that, and I don't, mean this to sound judgy but I will say mm-hmm. I there's a couple of times where I caught myself yeah, and I was just that vulner, vulnerability where am I trying to have that big aha moment mm. uh, or am I uh, I had somebody and this is uh we have you know with tarot or oracle cards and, and I, some people believe those, some people don't I people psychologists use them for the archetypes, right? And so the Rachel Pollack is a teacher. She doesn't claim, I don't believe to be psychic. She just reads the cards. She studies Kabbalah. She is, has written many, 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 many books and been on, I mean, very well known for in that field and very professional. Okay. So 
she said one time I was doing an ethics panel and I was the moderator. I proposed it and I teach ethics. You have to have 25 hours of continuing education to read yeah. at Soltopia. And five of those have to be ethics. And that's more than a lawyer has to have, by the way, in the mm. state of Texas, a continuing education. So what, but what she said was on this subject was she said, there are sometimes people just want to, they want to be the person who gets the big, Mm. whoa like yeah. oh wow and the, and the client walks away blown away and she didn't say it like that she said it right in a professional right. way yeah. but and that's dangerous it's ego right it's, it's totally ego totally an ego so that's why I said a couple times I've checked my ego okay yes. is this are you really receiving this or are you just thinking everybody's bored in this gallery I haven't done one in a long time but I'm on New Year's Eve and everybody's bored and so you need to get a big I mean I've been there a couple of times where okay do not cross a line that don't do it because yeah. you are you are not that person and you're not gonna be right well I mean that just showed with what you said like how someone comes in to say hey you know I, I need this reading I want to know this and you're talking about something totally different in their life mm -hmm. that comes through and that happens with me too like sometimes someone will come over and I know they're depressed because maybe this and then I'll start doing a session on them and that's not the focus of the session at all but this was what was coming up for me and so sorry <laughs> right and it's like an authentic interview, which I think you are very authentic and following where it naturally led for yeah. us, right? I think that's a really good interview. People, I mean, seriously, and I think that's important. You just you're going and in life. Don't shouldn't we do that? Does it mean we're just wandering all over the place because we're not following our script? We're not yeah. following our agenda? No, maybe we're following mm -hmm. the spirit or whatever you want to call it. Now you mentioned, did you say, did you mention the third book that will come? <laughs> I did. I have a deadline in the middle of January for that. Wow. What can everybody expect to find in your new books? So the first one was the all, the collective. Let's talk about energy. And this one, the, uh, the second, Spirits Unveiled was, I don't believe in a veil. So I believe we can see spirits and spirits are with us all the time and that you can choose the ones you want to connect with and you can choose the ones you don't want to connect with. And I give you ways to do that. It's all about frequency. And the third one is your psychic playbook, because when people tap into their energy, their intuition, or their psychic knowingness, whatever you want to call it, a lot of people teach them to do that in exactly the same way. This book will teach it for each individual, you formulate your playbook, your way, because we all do experience and actually it's like learning styles. And then we do talk about some really old ways of divination. It's well, very interesting. And with that, then I give a modern version of how you can do that. And right. then I give a lot of intuitive exercises from my intuitive classes that I've done for years that are a lot of fun. Well, that's, that seems to be what I have found. It's like everything that's in all of these different esoteric ascension teachings and practices are all just actually from ancient mystery schools, just different terminology, but it's all there. And I think it's amazing. It's very powerful that it's coming back. But you know what? Everything is really, truly around the frequency and the vibration. But like for me, everything is frequency. And that's where you want to be. You want to raise your vibration and where you're at is what you're going to have around you. 
in this book, Spirits Unveiled, that I sort of got a little bit sidetracked. Uh, I always do. That's not interesting. Yeah. I, I always do. So rabbit trails. But it wasn't. It was these sulfagel frequencies that were banned forever. And they are amazing. And so okay. I'd recommend if people try them, there are apps for them. They're on YouTube. Not the binaural beats. They're different than that. They're close to the human resonance, uh, which is the Earth's heartbeat, okay, which is about eight hertz. So there's different ones. And then I, they have meaning like for ones for anxiety or whatever. And then I added, this is how I would connect to, I have suggested ways to connect to certain, like if you want to connect to elementals or which, you know, and maybe in the West, we don't take that as seriously, but I explain how in different countries, they totally take that seriously. And so totally believe that, in the elementals. So, but the frequencies to me is the difference because they're right here with us, our loved ones, elementals, any spiritual being, it's just what frequency. So it's not the vibration is the movement, the oscillation of the frequencies, how fast. And so you just got to get, okay, is it moving rather quickly and just kind of adjust it to mm-hmm. where, and I'm, I'm still working on it too, because I didn't really understand how I always did it. And I would connect with, I would feel a certain spirit very, very subtly, but really, it felt like really fast, like fluttery. One of those is Raziel, which is an archangel that I, I do work with, but I don't channel and speak like I'm yeah. Raziel speaking to you. And I'm not trying to make fun of it. I just, I've never been able to do right. that. And I don't want to do that. And so that's not, maybe someone has those messages for us. Maybe mm. someone does, but yeah, for, uh, sure. for those of you, just one hint, one little tip. Some people, if you put on it's just like the alpha music and all that if something is irritating to you mm-hmm. uh, they do layer them some so i would uh, recommend using the frequencies the sulfagia frequencies without music layered over it a lot of them do layer music over it if it bothers you without the music then mm-hmm. find one way that you like the music layered over it and see if you like it but consider this with like sort of like homeopathic medicine and with essential oils they say, and maybe crystals, I want to do research on that. If something bothers you, maybe you need it. So I don't know with the frequencies. We yeah. all have the ability to reach these different frequencies. We are frequency. So you have to just raise that vibe to get there. So on sulfogeo frequencies, and you, I literally opened my book, not attacking, but it's a factual. Yeah. So they had such a positive effect, a healing effect. I mean, I, my husband made fun of me except I paid more for this book, the one I ordered that I'll probably ever make on my books. It was this, yeah. this Joseph Puello book. Okay. It's called Healing Codes. I, I cite it for the biological apocalypse. Okay. And okay. so he talks about sulfogeal frequencies, having an understood positive effect, he, healing effect on DNA. These sounds were said to be fundamental frequencies used both Western Christianity and Eastern Indian religions is also used in Gregorian Sanskrit yeah. chants. So powerful, they were major threat to the Catholic Church, which they were banned. Yeah. So you and I are so much in alignment. I know. I did get your PDF and I was flipping through it. And that's why I was like, oh my God, this is so great. So that is what I've discovered. And I discovered it through all synchronicities and signs. But I actually had just last week a one of those scalar plasma energy globes. Okay. You know those, and you touch it, and the energy follows your hand. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I thought you and were like saying it was on your head. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. I was like, sign me up. I want to do that. <laughs> Maybe we need to come up with that. <laughs> it just shatters. 
Oh, wow. And that vibration and frequency, I ended up discovering studying Sophia, the side podcast on Sophia. And I was went back to Solomon. Why did Solomon write so much about Sophia? Looked at King David, who was Solomon's father. King David played the liar, played it for Saul. It would King David is one of my biggest guides. Okay. Well, you know, it's so interesting because I know that he gave then the liar to Solomon, which Solomon had the Ark of the Covenant. So at the time I was also, you know, researching the Ark of the Covenant and I was doing this class. Could it really be that simple that it's all like, it's all about frequency and vibration that I'm like, and of course, if you found these things, say you found a liar that was magical, if you didn't know how to freaking use it, then it was just an instrument. However, Sophia being wisdom, right? You combine the two, you need the knowledge to be able to, the gnosis to be able to use, you know, these magical gifts that I think we all have. So we all have the ability to reach these different frequencies. We are frequency. So you have to just raise that vibe to get there. But the thing is, is that this isn't new. They actually talk about it in the freaking Bible. They do. It's right there. And the reason David was, was when I was in the hospital, which, you know, obviously was a big thing in my life because people knew it, you know, I, I embraced it. The reason I connected with King David, because he literally, I'm not bipolar, but I felt it at the time. But when you read the Psalms, it's like one of them's like, oh, glory, things are great. And then the next one, it's like, oh, woe is me. My inner enemies are after me. And he's also someone who's after God's heart and no matter what happened David was his favorite you know mm-hmm. so for me that's where I was at at the time I mean I yeah. needed something to grab onto and to believe and I didn't yeah. know where I was at in anything I believed really at that moment I was like I just don't know what I believe I believe in anything and I you know what is belief anyway show me and I mean it's just because mm-hmm. I overthink everything yeah, and sure. so that's why King David and Solomon the magic of Solomon the alchemy so he would play that liar for Saul and he, they literally described that it would summon, you know, these negative spirits would come mm-hmm. out of Saul yeah. and he would be healed and all the things. Well, in one of the Gnostic gospels, they talk about the songs of King David were healing as well. So just, I mean, of course, and it's all over every place in the world that whatever corner you go to you're going to find this I mean it's it is but literally you're right nobody wants anyone to know that they can absolutely hum themselves into health (laughs) right you know they want you to go through the intermediary and and of course I believe in help what we were talking about earlier I believe in you know western medicine and how we can tie that in and because we're so far removed from using that natural is interesting my husband plays singing bowls and loves the singing bowls and he plays he's been taught to play them properly because if you don't play them properly so they can heal but they Mm -hmm. can also opposite is dissonance and chaos and cacophony and so that's it's the opposite of healing it's disease and so people he's very particular who, who plays bowls in our store he will you literally have to know how to play bowl the singing bowl to play it because it can if you really believe that it can do one thing and I've been studying duality and polarity and the difference between and you know some people just now are dismissing that totally because people don't understand it so I bet that's that's my rabbit trail right now I really do believe 
when you asked, are, is it to help or to share with others? I really believe what I wrote in both books, but I really believe in that, that power of the magic of connection, but spirits unveiled is like what you're dealing with all the time when you feel like you're just being knocked around by spirits. Right. And you're just, and you're in this, this materialness of it. And it's so it's, interesting to me when you have like a paranormal investigator which I am not knocking all of them but I will knock a lot of them and they're just like oh shocked when they see a ghost and but that's what you do so why is it so shocking when you see one and oh my god that's hilarious seriously and you can say this on there because I seriously put it on there if you want because it's it's sad because they are agitating souls Mm, oh yeah yeah, Have you thought it? yeah. They are. they're agitating a soul and they're going, you know, come out, you know, where are you? And you know, yeah. they do that. There's a Goatman Bridge is here. It's one of the most haunted, quote unquote, places. And it is. There are all kinds of spirits there. And the, the primary story there and then the stories all around it, because people go out there and do all kinds of things. I cannot stand going out there. OK, mm-hmm. my husband takes people out there. He does the paranormal stuff and I've taught him to be respectful to the, yeah. to the ghost and to the soul. But yeah. that Zach guy, whatever that freaking show is, yeah. he was out there and I challenge him, call me. I do not like what he does. It's rude. It's inconsiderate. It's, it's, there's no empathy, no compassion or anything for that, for the souls, for the spirits. Yeah. I cannot stand it when people antagonize spirits. Yeah. They are, they are, let me put it this way. Yeah. They are beings too. Yeah. You don't, you just don't do that. They're not doing it for healing or they're not doing it to connect with them, to help them either. Nothing. It's just so sad. Yeah, you're right. They're just poking at them just for entertainment. Like, yeah. I'm sure there've been mediums or whatever you want to call them who have yeah. gone to try to help. the Well, yeah, I've had one here at my house and she's gone all over and her purpose is always to help them. Help. The only, thing. but yeah, but there's others. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, and I will, I mean, I will call them out, stop. And yeah. you know, some spirits need to remain where they are. They, some yeah. spirits are of the land because yes. they were killed there. I mean, in, in Frisco, Texas, I don't think it was on the trail of tears, but there was certainly a trail well, I, of tears. I, there. My kids went to Cherokee Trail High School. I mean, I'm right on the, I'm in Aurora, and, Colorado. And if you have one of the spirits on your land, let them say my house is very active my kids all know about it everybody knows we just kind of like oh that's cool that's really cool but that's how I am and my whole thing is like engage before you say I mean sometimes I think it's just your energy right and I've tried to explain that too like with the globe you know and the strumming that happened in the same weekend it was a busy weekend (laughs) and I think it's so cool that you're talking to your kids about it you know it's just back circle back to that it's so cool Yeah, they're not scared about it at all. And I definitely, you know, here's what I always ask. If they do tell me something, how did you feel? What did your body feel? It's because I was always really, really scared when I was young. I say that in the me book. Too. And so it makes I, so much of a difference if they have someone to talk to. Oh, yeah. My parents were just like, please, blood of Jesus around you. You'll be good. Can't breathe under my covers for the whole night. <laughs> Same here. And then I had an Annabelle doll. Uh, the oh real my, ones. Oh was a ra- they were Raggedy Ann's. You know that? They were Raggedy Ann's. I, it was the life-size Raggedy Ann doll. I had the big one. That's the Annabelle doll. Oh. So I, that's the real Annabelle. That's what she really know. looked like. They changed it for the movie. So I she, love my Raggedy Ann. 
she's at my house and right now because she was in my parents have been you know kind of here take this because everybody got freaked out and I contributed to their freak out because I would move her and so she'd be in like one room and then I'd sit her at the front chicken oh my god like the elf on the shelf kind of and then I sort of got the impression she wasn't real happy that I was like making jokes with her so I took her home and Roger's like uh everybody's like move her move her move her but I'm gonna she has a little rocking chair that I'm gonna get it's mm-hmm. up here and put her but anyway my point being I also they made me drink I, I drank a lot of orange juice apparently that was supposed to help me too I guess I was low on vitamin c and so <laughs> so now I can't drink orange juice I hate it no mimosas for Michelle but I do feel like when we put energy into idols whether it's a raggedy Ann doll and Annabelle across even whatever it is right I mean that energy is collective so uh, oh absolutely it, yeah. and we can create our own we can create right. thoughts that's why I talk about it in the book because that is energy we can create yeah. a thought and sometimes we may need to create a thought form to help protect mm-hmm. us from a bully I okay. go there I go there I say literally consider this and I get away from that toxic positivity that I think is not always healthy. Uh, you know what, you'll like this. I have a son, he's autistic and his freshman year, he has a, he would always have to go either before everyone got out of class or after, but that hadn't been established yet. It was his first week. So he's thrown out into this hallway for the first time as a freshman with all these people he's never been exposed to and he mm-hmm. flipped. So he gets home and he's so upset. He's pacing. And I gave him a piece of, I actually, I think it was sodialite. I think it was all I had, but I put it because it was a necklace. And I said, close your eyes. Right. And I'm going to walk towards you. And I said, tell me when you could feel me. And so he did. So then I said, now I want you to create yourself a field around you, put your field up, put up like a a Marvel something like you, he got into it. And I said, put it up, you know, and I'm coming towards you. Tell me when you can feel me. And he pushed me away, right? I could feel it and he sensed it. He goes to school the next day. Dude was fine. And powerful because autistic children, I 100% believe, know so much more they're connected in different ways. Do you believe that? Less ego you have, right? The more soul you are. These kids have no filter, no ego. They're the closest thing to angels on earth. I believe they're the most special souls. And I believe every single person they touch, they absolutely are blessing them. I 100%, 100% agree with you. That's why they're so sensitive. Talking about extreme empaths, extreme. Extreme. Yeah. Hyper, you know, yeah. yeah. Raw. I'm so glad to have met you. <laughs> and I'm serious. And I'm so, well, not, I'm not always glad to have met everybody that we talk with. Yeah. Don't we wish, I wish that, and I'm not knocking my parents, but the more we get that, I mean, people are so fortunate kids these days, if they do have parents who kind of get it. You know, my whole crystal journey started when my dad died. He, back in the day, collected gemstones. You know, he has his little kid handwriting on the front of all the little drawers. So when he passed away, I asked my brother, I said, do you want these? And he's like, no. And I was like, ah, thank you. It was like ah, my treasure. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's not woo-woo. It's science. It's the earth, y'all. Say it's woo-woo. And they, I, I'm just like, okay, I'm not here to convince anybody to believe. That's not what Soultopia is for. Is We're here to welcome people if they want to look into different avenues for themselves. But 
this it's not my place now. You know, because if I ever wanted to hire anyone to prove that maybe those stones were divine, I may want to have you as a lawyer. <laughs> well, you've been such a pleasure. You're so authentic. I just, I, I really, I find it amazing that you are doing all the things that you're doing throughout your website and where they can get it and where they can find you. Okay. You can go to michellewelch.com is the easiest way to really get everything. If you want to go to Soultopia's website, mysoultopia.com, but Michelle Welch is also the easiest way. And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. Today, it feels like we've talked a, a lot about who we can be and how we can be our, and, and we use the word authentic a lot, but really how we can just be and be, whether that's a parent or we want to write books or whatever it is. And my most encouraging thing to say is that just start, just take a step towards what you want to do and know that every single moment you are in your purpose, even if it feels like you're not. Uh, I can't wait to read both your books and have you back on for your third. So it's such a pleasure to meet you. I really enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Happy holidays. Thank you. So nice to meet you. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.